Iterations is a substantive piece of writing on John Nixon's contribution to experimental music, recently published on Disclaimer. Through interviews with John and friends, writer Tiani Mikas traces his prolific collaborations and the evolution of anti-music and the donkey's tale. The donkey's tale is an experimental, abstract, free-noise, improv, garage ensemble using electric guitars, drums, percussion teamed with banjo, triangle and trombone, formed in early 2007 by John Nixon. Presented here are excerpts of Tiani and John's conversations, alongside a live performance from The Donkey's Tale at the Trench Federation Square in 2014. I began the orange paintings in 1996 when my daughter was about to be born because I wanted something easy. I I wanted to be able to progress with my work knowing I'll have less time and having a kind of concrete sort of procedure in front of me. So I started the the orange paintings in that period of time. Now I also said I could use a secondary colour, like I'm not stupid, like I don't want to paint myself into a but I could use any other colours as long as I didn't choose more than half so that predominantly the painting was orange. So it gave me a lot of flexibility. At the same time, as a sort of secret gesture, I began a series of silver paintings that I didn't tell people about initially, where I used the spray can. It was just another way to lyrically, say, lyrically coat the surface of what you were doing. Mm-hmm. They're still principally monochrome paintings. And then, then that sort of developed into also doing them with a brush and so on, but adding different kinds of texture so that the, the demarcation on the surface of the painting was there, but it was made with texture. So principally it was a silver monochrome painting. And then that's really where the donkey's tail comes from. The donkey's tail comes out of the silver paintings. So the process of making is coming from how many, if you say, if you say, well, how many visual textures have you got in this? How many oral textures can you have? And whilst initially my interest in music was influenced by the, the trad jazz bands, these old ones now, where these guys who started off when they were 15, and they're now, you know, in their 80s or something, they're still playing the trad jazz. They're playing small hotels that no one would tell you, you have to know about. And at this time, I was going to see them every Sunday afternoon. And what I really liked was when, was when all the instruments would come together. 
So that all be blowing and banging and that, this sort of cacophony, you know, it's still around a, a tune, it's still around some form of rhythm. But then there were a few sort of, let's say, radical players that would just go a bit overboard, you know, like play the trombone. Like if you can imagine Jimi Hendrix playing the trombone, well, it just goes wild, you know, mm -hmm. and I just thought this was amazing and kind of implied to me that th this is not, rhythm anymore this is this is going crazy so why don't i get a trombone and see what i can do once i learned to make my lips blow i learned to be able to play my way a lot of instruments then and then i collected bought a lot of instruments for the donkey's tail and so it's really this period of the silver paintings which i'm not really doing but i could do some more anytime i wanted to and there are a lot of them, and that's that's the sort of that's the that's the moment when the painting is coming along, and then the audio it slips into the audio, and then it allows the audio to go in its own direction. Initially, when I started the Donkey's Tale, um, that must be around um, 2007. I, I once again had this idea of it just being recorded music. My initial idea was just recorded music, but it was it was me, but it was also me with some other friends. And then opportunity came in the experimental music world for artists to be involved. So there was a club that Aaron Ambachi and Marco Fusanato had at the Toffing Town, and they would have you know people from experimental music and artists doing the program. And because Marco was a good friend of mine, I and I was I was very interested. I, I went to these things, and then Marco said, "Well, you can play, John." So because opportunity was there, and I really liked this little stage of the top and stuff, <laughs> I really liked it. I thought, "Yeah, we're going to do it." So then I put the group together to make the first, you know, to make to make a live group, and then we had the opportunity. <laughs> like the American, like from Bob Dylan and all the other people who played acoustic guitar and sang in Greenwich Village. And that kind of thing became what I was then really interested in. The solo performer, where you do both things. It also maybe reflected on the fact that I was an artist and had to do everything myself. And that you weren't in a group. You, weren't, you didn't have this socialised group where people had different opinions. You had your opinion and you realised it. And I liked that about the, the singer-songwriter group. They had an idea and they realised it. And that music has, in a way, stayed with me throughout my life. I still like that music. I like that. It's very interesting that now in the, in the 90s and 2000s, we have this resurgence of a kind of folk music, kind of independent singer-songwriter 
as a part of the as a part of the indie scene, you know. And I, I like that. I see that as being a reflection back on the things that I was interested in. It's also some of the people who are older, you know, who are older musicians in their sixties. They they also have this reflection in their life, so that you can have been in Sonic Youth and then do some folk music. You know, you don't have to always stick your neck out and be smashing your guitar into an amp. You can actually have this adult side where there's different things you're interested in can come out in your practice. Because I was already an artist, I was already used to working by myself. I mean, at that time, I had the Gal Record art projects, and so therefore I would show, also show my contemporaries, and therefore also be, in a sense, in a community. Like one of the interesting things about being a band, being in a band, is you're in a community, and you've got you've got something in common that's different to what you have in common with your other friends. You've got a you've got a, a sort of purpose. And uh, so I think that uh, I already had that. And because I didn't, I wasn't able to play properly and I didn't seem to have people in my friendship group who could play properly. You know, it was more like I can do this. Punk has sort of liberated the possibility that you don't have to be a proper musician. You don't have to have studied music. You, you don't have to have, have to have the best guitar. You, you know what I mean? I think it was more it was more that that it just enabled me to let's say continue like I would in my art practice but then have this other musical practice and that's also why there were so many cassettes there were like 340 cassettes and then within anti, within the within the donkey's tale I think we released about 105 CDs and it's the same thing because you can you can print you know you, you can print a hundred copies, and you can do the cover designs yourself. And it was always I loved doing always the cover designs. You know, it was always the sort of art part of the practice. I've never done anything really that's working within a cooperative. It's more I've got an idea I want to realize, and I want to do it my way, and I want some people to help me. And I also am very respectful of the, all of the individuals. And the thing is, once we've set something in motion, there's a certain amount of freedom as to what they do within that. But it's got certain boundaries, you know. Mm-hmm. They've got freedom to improvise within certain boundaries. So there's certain things like I don't want, if I've got a, a drummer or someone who's doing percussion, I don't want any rock beats i want you to think of it like you've got a rubbish tin full of tin cans and bits of wood and bricks and everything i want you to basically tip it up you know so it goes everywhere and then put the things back in and tip it up i don't want any i don't want this so that's a rule that's a sort of dictate you know 
But then apart from that, there's a lot of freedom in what one does and what it, what it might also look like. Because when the Donkey Style play live, I, I like the show and people don't know what's going to happen and then what's Dylan Martorell doing now? You know, he's filling his trumpet up with a bottle of water. What What is he doing? It's complete. Sometimes there's mad things happen and uh, it's not controlled by me. It's It's within the individual... Yeah, it's a show. The other thing that's interesting about the the about the donkey's tale is that when I decided to um, begin to write the songs, and I've written probably about I don't remember now because I'm not doing it at the moment, but probably about 120 songs, um, of which a good percentage, like maybe 85 songs, have been recorded. The song, the song, as you would know yourself, <clears throat> the song is just writing on a page, on a page, like a poem. If I don't get someone to sing it and re-record it, nobody knows what this is. Nobody knows what to do with this. Mm-hmm. Nobody knows how it's meant to sound because there's no musical notation. Yeah. It's just the words. And so it was really the process of me getting a singer and saying, let's do it this way. That I then, I then could realize through the help of the singer, I could realize what it was my songs sounded like. So it's more so to get the stuff out rather than to improve it or to know it off by heart. That's why the singer never had to learn the song because it's never going to be in the public context. If it's in the public context at a, at a gig, the singer will just sing the song from the paper. It's just really, um, how to realize something, you know. I think that all the things I do, you know, one of my, my daughter's friends once said to me, John, why do you do so much work? And I said, because I want to see what it looks like. That's where I get the satisfaction. I want to see what it looks like. I want to hear what it sounds like. I don't want it to be sort of hidden in just a sketch or just a poem. 
I wanted to be brought in, born in a way, uh, sort of born. say with the like the first recordings of the Donkey's Tale, you're you're sort of just letting the instrument do its thing. You're you're turning the instrument on and you're somehow trying to let it make the sound. You're you're giving it authorship, not not thinking you're something for me to strum and get what I want out of you. I want you to tell me what sounds you want to make. And so initially the Donkey's Tale was an instrumental noise group. And then, as I often do, think, well, this is all fine, but what's the opposite of this? What's the opposite of the instrumental music? It's the song. So why don't I try to do something with song? Song is the other vehicle within music. You have the instrumentation and you have the song. And then I thought, I'll I'll write some songs. And then I'll, I'll either, I'll get some of the people in the group that are up for it, you know, amateurs, to mm-hmm. sing the songs. And I'll, I'll just work out the rhythm of the songs and I'll sing, I'll sing the song to the stinger and then we'll record it. Because there's no music. I can't write music. I, I, I think this is the melody. I'll sing it to you. Mm-hmm. You sing it back to me. I'll correct you if I think you're doing something wrong or clipping words or... You know, no, it's too fast, slow it down a little bit. And then we would we would include songs in the live performances. So you would break from... So you would also have this sort of up and down journey. It wouldn't just yeah. be all of noise. You'd have different... And people wouldn't know what... People wouldn't know 
in terms of a live performance, what's going to happen next. Somewhere you could have very different kinds of sound, from really loud, noisy sounds to very quiet parts, parts which were even, uh, you know, even even musical, because yeah. the instrument will make a beautiful sound if you just if you if you just strike it in a nice way, not sort of bash it. It'll it'll make a beautiful sound, or mm. even a violin just pulled gently on one string will make a beautiful sound. So then the mute, then the singing and then the writing of the songs became and still is a very active part of what it is and then then it's the finding of the singer because now i'm only working with the singers that are in my social circle that are just amateur singers but then i decided to work with some very highly trained singers like opera singers So when I decided to do the anti-music, I asked a few other, you know, friends within my social group, usually other artists, would they also like to be involved? And then I, I formed a lot of different groups. So I was very interested in the different musical genres, like the, the classical music, rock music, the film music, folk music, and 
then in a way is it concrete? And so the purpose of having all the different groups, so if there were 350 cassettes, there might have been, I don't know, say 150 groups. So what a, what a group would mean is I would think of a name and that would have a certain musical project. And then that, that, the music of that group would be, would be uh, along those lines. And so we might only get one cassette out of it, we might get two sessions, we might get three, or we might have a run on and we get ten. And so it always sort of had a little life around the construction that what you were trying to do with this group. And then each group had a different reason with a different focus. And so that's sort of this sort of, in a way, Catholic universal understanding or bringing together of what can be music mm. under the umbrella of anti-music was very open. And in a way, the donkey's tale, that, that's still my attitude to... Now I'm thinking, well, I don't need to have all these different groups. If I just have the donkey's tale, I can do whatever I want under the moniker of the donkey's tale, and then it's more unified, you know? You know? Mm -hmm. It's more unified, it's more, it's more tied to me. One of the things about the anti-music groups is that I always wanted to try and keep it anonymous, the names of the participants would always just be the initials of the people because I, I didn't like it in rock music, the celebrity business of rock music. I didn't, I didn't like I wanted it to be seen outside of the personality and I wonder what this might sound like. I'm not sure who these people are. Mm -hmm. you know, I wanted it to be like that. Whereas when I started The Donkey's Tale, I kind of, in a way, had accepted, you know, authorship and that uh, it's me and it's a group of my friends and all, all the people's names get mentioned and it's it sort of open it's an open grouping of people i mean i suppose there is some like especially with with anti-music a kind of conceptual overview also this idea of the category or the the you know breaking something up into parts and that you're engaging in that part as a sort of research project and this is, even at that time, the word research wasn't used in respect of art. That's only a very common new thing. I think this, this, uh, the whole idea of categories and accepting boundaries within categories is something that's always interested me. So you're either doing the geometric paintings or you're doing the monochrome paintings or you're doing a kind of organic abstraction, you know, or you're doing drawing. And that means you're not including painting in the drawing because it's, it's, it's like the difference between pants and a shirt. You, you just accept the difference, you know, and okay. not try and, what do you call it, um, not try and mesh them or what's this, fusion them. But I don't want to fusion things. I want to separate them. So we've got boundaries of action. You know, the thing too is with the Donkey's Tale and anti-music, there's certain aspects of noise music. You know, there's certain aspects of folk music. There's certain aspects of experimental music or free jazz, you know, that are there. And, and one could take a particular record and put that in the free jazz section and another one in the folk music section. So I like, I'm, I'm happy with the general experimental, you know, overview. But then within that, there are certain things, or like the, the ones with the opera singers, you know, they're another kind of category of what I'm trying to do is like make beautiful versions of the songs by people who can really sing and they're 
They're beautiful. They're not meant to be funny. They're not meant to be noisy. They're not meant to be, you know, stick all the socks you've got in your mouth and try and sing. They're, they're meant to be beautiful. And I say also to the group, sometimes there's a moment that I want within a live set, like when we're playing the triangles, say, I want this to be really beautiful. I don't want you to do this like, like you know, it's lunchtime on the school camp. I, I want you to just gently bang it and let the thing ring out. Just be gentle and let's have a moment of, like, beauty. And then the next moment is the guitar's just, like, a plane taking off there. So you've got this counterpoint that you're working through, which is a kind of visual understanding of the sound. Oh, <laughs> 
This recording was produced by Mara Schrettweger for Liquid Architecture on the land of the Gadigal people of the Eora Nation. We acknowledge them as the traditional owners of this land and recognise that sovereignty has never been ceded. We pay our respects to their elders past, present and emerging. Liquid Architecture is an Australian organisation for artists working with sound and listening. To learn more, head to liquidarchitecture.org.au. (laughs) 